Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Marianne St. Clair. She is a world premier muse, a highly sought after mentor and master life coach, a published author, an international speaker, and a leader. Marianne, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today. I appreciate you and I'm so excited to have you here and jump in and talk about all the things, Marianne. Ah, Brad, thank you for having me. It is my pleasure to be here. Well, with that being said, let's jump right in and get started. So you are all of these things, but so much more. So I want (laughs) to jump right into the Muse stuff. I'm really excited to talk about this stuff. So let's start with this. For those who might not know, Marianne, what exactly is a Muse and what do you do as a Muse? Brad, the muse to me and for what I've been feeling for most of my life is the muse. I inspire people. I inspire people. And I also just really come from that feminine place, that feminine energy and ignite things inside of people like turn on light bulbs, you know, and then help them to, I like bridge the gap between what is here and now and what is in the unknown. And so I bring the unknown to the known and, you know, sort of be that bridge for them. I love it. Now, where did the word muse originate and why have you decided to become and use that word, a self-proclaimed muse? Why have you decided to become that and step into that role of a muse? Well, first and foremost, it chose me. I did not (laughs) go out and, you know, just like the word life coach chose me back 25 years ago, you know, it wasn't something that I just started, you know, doing what I do. And this is back in the early AOL days. And I would sit down at the computer. (laughs) You have mail. And I would be in a chat room because I was a newly divorced and I had a young daughter. And so rather than going out, I would sit and entertain myself at night in a chat room. And that's how I honed my intuition was I began listening to what was coming into my, my thoughts. And so not to divert, but, you know, someone told me on an airplane one time, you know, what did you go and do with your you know, you flew up yesterday on a plane with me and now you're flying back. What, what did you do? And so I told them what I did and they gave me the words coaching. So that's how I knew what those words were. Now, as far as the muse, kind of the same thing. I had been coaching and coaching and I started feeling this coaching is the masculine. Okay. And with the rise of the feminine, I just kept feeling like, because I'm so much in the, went to college to be a photographer. I am always on the artistic, you know, side, the creative side. And so coaching never really fit fully for me okay. because it was about systems. It was about, you know, structure and I'm anything but structure. I'm like, let's right. just throw some paint at the wall and see where it lands. Yeah. And so the muse is that creative <laughs> side, that feminine side, the intuitive, you know, adventurous side of me. And so that's where okay. it comes. And you said, where did the word come from? Yeah. Yeah. Where did it originate? So from my 
knowledge. It's, you know, Greek mythology. There were the nine muses and they really were the spark and inspiration for, you know, art and science and music. And so that's where it originated was those nine muses. But modern day muses is we're bringing in new thoughts into business and into, at least I am, bringing that whole philosophy of being the bridge between the person and Mm -hmm. the genius of them that's out in the ethers and and being that that bridge. Okay. Now, I know that it was common for male painters back, way back, to have a muse. So I'm curious, first of all, is a muse solely for art inspiration and creativity and if not what other types of muses are there and what purpose do they serve because when i think of the word muse or when i hear it for some reason maybe it's just me but sensuality and sexuality come into my mind as well so is that all part of it and tied up in that as well or is that just something that i'm putting out there that when i like that's my interpretation no it's not your interpretation. Okay. It is. And for me to fully become the muse that I am today, I had mm-hmm. to fully embrace my full and own my own sensuality and sexuality. So I had okay. to heal some, you know, past stuff. I had to fully come into my own sovereignty because sexual energy, it's life force. And so everything comes into being into we're born by two people, you know, consummating and coming together through sexuality and ideas. And, you know, in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, he talks about sexual transmutation. And that is where we harness our sexual energy and we can create things in the physical realm from that. And so sensuality is really being fully in our body and being awake to what we begin to interpret. I think of the body as like a TV, okay? So in the shutdown body, we're kind of like an analog where we're trying to tune in like the old days when it was a transistor TV yep. where we're like trying to the dial antennas. in. Yeah. <laughs> You're all yeah. that static, right? And then you finally get on yeah. that UHF. Well, when we're fully in awakening our senses, we're like the high definition TVs of today where there's technicolor and there's all these because we're getting more information coming in and we can interpret it and we're getting higher vibrational information. And so if you're not listening to your body, if you're not using that information and you're just up in your head, you're missing out on the full multidimensionality of who you are as a human being. So there's so much more once you become more into owning your sensuality and sexuality. So I'm curious as well then, is the title of muse typically used for women? Like, can a, can a woman have a male muse? Absolutely. Okay. Because when I think, again, this is another thing. When I hear the word muse, I always think feminine. It's, it's a woman thing. It's women are muses, not men. Okay. And I tend to think of it like this, a person who is fully embracing the feminine side of her energetic or his energetic can be male or female when they have those gifts are more let's say alive when they're more awakened pardon me awakened yeah or pronounced and they're in their sensual and sexual energy then why not why couldn't it be a male yeah you know why couldn't a male be a muse i've had several male muses for myself And there's a lot of women going around being more masculine nowadays. Yes. (laughs) I've had many conversations about this lately, actually. Yeah. You know, women back in the 60s and 70s, we wanted to be like men. So we put on the pants and we decided to go to work and we decided to be like men. So with the rise of the feminine, with the, the feminine energy that's rising today, 
it's rising in men and women. But what I like to do is I used to say, okay, well, from a coach, I'll go and I'll help men, you know, own their feminine side and I'll try to, you know, well, that just meets resistance on both men and women who are fully in their masculine. And they've used that to rise to the top of where they are in their success, you know, there, but it's not working anymore because they need the empathy. They need the collaboration. They need the gifts of the feminine. And so what I say now is, as a muse, is I'm not trying to change them or make them more feminine. All I want to do is bring the full essence of Marianne, the muse, to them and then meet their masculine wherever they are and then just meet that let it integrate and let it now spark something new. Because right. when you have the masculine and the feminine doing the dance, it's very potent. It's very powerful. Well, we, we need both. Absolutely. And we all absolutely. have both within us. We all have both within us. Absolutely. But some is pretty dormant. Some, yes. some people, they don't listen. So what I do is not try to educate them on it. All I do is bring the feminine to them. Now, you have said that the modern day muses are rising and they play a vital role, which will inspire change in the world by creating new ideas and innovations. And you are calling all muses to step forward. Why are you doing this? And why is this so important to you? Yeah, because I think, you know, we hear the world is in such a place right now. And I think, you know, I think it was Einstein who said that you can't find the answers (laughs) by the same mind that created the problem. And so what better way than to have the muses who are all about inspiration, who are all about tapping into the unknown and using the intuition to bring in some things that can help create the change that we want to see in the world. You know, the new innovations. What happened back, Brad, after the Renaissance era is we stopped using the muses. They were highly revered. They were like, they were the ones that you went, like the philosophers, you know. They were just um, so well revered by the leaders. And what happened was we started making the person, the genius, instead of tapping into the genius. Uh, So tapping into the genius and the ethers that knows all that is all and pulling from that, we made the person and that's a heavy burden to carry. That is a really heavy burden. That's a big responsibility. Ah, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. It is for sure. I agree. So I think muses are just, they're lighting up they're starting to hear their calling. There's just like the witches and the sirens and the, a lot of the feminine that is awakening. I think yeah. the muses are on the rise also. And I think humanity and the world needs the muses to spark all the new ideas. Well, the world needs to wake the fuck up. Let's be honest. <laughs> and it started. It has started, I think. Um, there are a lot of people starting to wake up and realize that we don't have to continue doing things the things in this world the way we've been doing them for so fucking long it's time for a change it's time to start over let's burn this fucking shit to the ground and start maybe that's not the right way about going about it but we need to start over we need things do need to and i think they are starting to crumble but we need this change it has to happen well and it has to happen on a micro level with each one of us yes Yeah, for sure. You know, each one of us and each one of us doing our inner work, each one of us, you know, all the change has to happen on the inside before we can see it on the outside. 100%. I'm curious, Marianne, I know that sensuality and sexuality play a very big part in who you are and you're a huge advocate for women owning their sensuality and sexuality. So how does your advocacy play or integrate into the work that you do with your clients? Well, I kind of do two different aspects of the work that I do. One is working with women, and that is really to get them to, well, that is working with them to own their sexuality. It's getting them to begin to awaken their bodies and to look at all the false beliefs and lies that they've been taught. I call them dirty little lies. And once they begin to see some of those 
and they, they're just, you know, programs. And then they can begin to come more fully into their bodies, owning their bodies, expressing themselves the way they want to, and really taking sovereignty over all aspects of their life, you know, in their relationships and their sexuality. And I believe that when we dive into the realm of sexuality, it's the quickest healing because it's so integrated into every aspect of our life. Yeah. So when we begin the journey of our sexuality and looking at it and owning it, it ripples out into every area once we really begin to embrace you know, who we are as a woman or who we are as a man. And when we look at it from sex and money, those two areas are the most place that brings a lot of contention with people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the things that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So I go right in there. Let's Isn't that funny, it. though, that these are such big sticking points for people and they don't want to discuss it yet. They're the most powerful energies, both money and sexuality. Yep. And they all it, come It's so funny. Chakra. It's all sex, yeah. sex and money or second chakra. And guess right. what else is that? That's our power. So yeah. if your power has been cut off, and why would the powers that be want to keep us suppressed there? Oh, Marianne, this is a whole other podcast episode. Right. But, <laughs> but look at it. So we've been ingrained with all of these things that make us think that, you know, our sex is bad. Well, if we owned our sexuality, we'd be in our power. So I like yeah. to help women and men come into their, their power. I love it. Yeah, we could go off on a whole other tangent <laughs> about the about the powers that be and suppression and divisiveness and all of the shit. Yeah, just I think just we need to do. I think there. we need to have a little, yeah, just a little nudge. Just a, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about your coaching now, and I've heard a lot of people say that. Most, if not all coaches have been through, of course, we've all been through our own personal struggles and journeys, but coaches, especially before making that leap into coaching, that's what kind of inspires or sparks that want to jump into coaching and start coaching. So can you share a little bit about some of your struggles and your journeys that you went on before making the leap into coaching? Yeah, well, mine was so many years ago, and it was preempted by a divorce. And it was preempted by a divorce where I felt like I was just not owning me. And I I set out on a journey to go find me. And that really, it was a good marriage. I was his muse. We were making a million dollars a year back 25 years ago. But there was something missing on the inside that I just could not touch. I could not, I couldn't express. And so I felt like I needed to dive in. And that's where I started coaching, didn't know what it was called. I went to massage a school. tennis coach, a golf coach. What? No, <laughs> before like coaching was a thing. This, but I had someone say that it's like they were talking about coaching way back, and yeah. people are like, "A coach? What? Like a tennis coach?" Or oh, everybody <laughs> so thought funny. I joined a cult. They were like, <laughs> you know, my family was like, "We've never heard of this," and I'm like, "Well, you'll be hearing more and more," and I'm just going to yeah. tell everybody here. You haven't heard of musing and, you know, some of you may have heard it inside of you and have, you know, but you will start hearing more and more. There will be yeah. muses like there are coaches. You will start yeah. to call upon a muse when you want to, you know, do something new and different in the world and adding them to your team, just like a coach. Right. As far as my coaching practice nowadays, it is the work with women and it's called an odyssey. It's a journey into coming home and coming home to your body, coming home to your soul, coming home to how you want to express yourself into the world. And, you know, I partnered that with the muse. I can't, you know, it's all of the masculine yeah. and the feminine. And I bring both to the work I do in the world. That's fucking powerful. I love it. And so how then have these experiences, your experiences helped shape the Marianne you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think? 
Ah, well, you know, along with my daughter's journey and I have a daughter who has a chronic illness and it's been a 15 year journey there. And so that has really shown me to stay in the moment and that I don't have control and to surrender. And I think the way that it's really shaped me is just to love myself, be in gratitude for it all, and really to express myself in the way that is true to Marianne and not be, you know, like you hear this word over and over, be unapologetic. It's like, The thing I hear, Brad, more and more is, Marianne, you give me the courage. You give me, you're so bold. You, you own your sexuality. You, you will be, you know, you just will say or do, but you do it with grace. And I just hope that I can model that and be that so that other women and other men can just own those parts of them that they've been hiding and suppressing. Own that shit, people. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Good, the bad, so what would you, all, all the ugly. All of it. <laughs> all the messy. All the messy bits too, right? Yes. What would you say was the biggest or most valuable takeaway or lesson for you then from your personal experience? <sighs> what has been the most valuable lesson? It's to be Marianne and bring Marianne to the world. It's to I be love the that. fullest expression of Marianne that I can be. What is it then that sets you and your work, the work you do apart from other coaches? Like why would someone choose to work with you over someone else, another coach? <sighs> I think one is that they're going to get authenticity with me. They're going to get years of experience. You know, I'm not new. There's a lot of you know, and I don't fault them. I mean, we did a lot of work back in the 20 years ago to make it to where the energy is, you know, fully acceptable for a coach to step in and be able to do their work these days. But with years of experience comes knowledge. With years of experience comes ways of cutting the the time span between the transformation that they seek. Like, you know, I can give them a quicker path, especially with the integration of the feminine. So I think anybody who wants to be more alive, feel more alive, feel like that dullness and that that question that I used to ask myself, if my life looks like this, you know, then I just don't want to do this anymore. So, you know, what can I do to change it? Yeah. I'm the coach for you. I'm the coach if you want to feel alive and sexy and vibrant and happy and you want to live life on your terms, I'm that coach for you. No sugarcoating. You're real. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that's what That's what else they'll get. They'll get real and raw. Yes. 100%. What, in your opinion, then, would you say is the most important quality or skill set in a coach? Listening. And removing myself from what I think the outcome needs to be. I think so often coaches have their systems and their goal that they want for the person. And I think that it's so important to show up fully and bring that, bring all of Marianne to each call and then not be attached to any outcomes. Because then I can listen, I can be intuitive, I can be knowing what needs to happen next for that person rather than a cookie cutter, you know, do A to B to C. None of mine is systematically, you know, I feel like every call, something different is going to come up, something that creates the movement towards the transformation. And I think that when I can show up fully and be there present, then it will reveal itself and then we can magically co-create something wonderful together. That sounds incredibly beautiful and powerful. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? Watching people step into the lives that they love. 
the lives that they want to live, watching them transform before my eyes, watching them step into the beingness of life rather than the doingness of life, watching them become who they are meant to be. And I just love watching people come alive. It's like everything starts coming on board. You know, a they, rebirth. Yes, yes. And I think that's what, you know, in the essence of in Christianity, when they call rebirth, it's truly that point when all of a sudden you just come alive. And a aliveness is more life force coming into you. Yeah. And it is a rebirth. I want to speak a little bit about women in entrepreneurship and that whole ball of wax and the shift that we've seen. So, I mean, I know that we are definitely starting to see a shift in mindset with a lot more women making the leap into entrepreneurship. Now, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I mean, being as you yourself are a woman and you work with so many women, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses? Well, I think that women are believing in themselves. Women are feeling a lot more empowered to bring their missions and their purpose to the world. I think they value themselves to the point where, you know, they feel valuable. And I think that the more that women can embrace and fully integrate their feminine into it. I think a lot of them are coming in and I'm hearing this and seeing so much and I experienced my own burnout, but when they're using so much of their masculine and they're, they're in the doingness of life, they begin to burn out. And I think one of the biggest reasons for that burnout is, you know, a battery can only last so long on one polarity. If they're only running without recharging, you need both the masculine and the feminine. You need the time of the doing and you need the time of the being. You need the time to go sit outside and just replenish your energy from Mother Nature or, you know, doodling or doing art. For me, it was art. And I replenished and came home. I painted turtles and I came home to Marianne by painting these vibrant turtles. And it was a time of like meditation and sitting down and just healing. And when we can really bring the feminine on board, then we have that full circuitry. We can, you know, be times to replenish and then times to be in action. And I think entrepreneurs, we have so much to give the world, you know, the big corporations and corporate things, they're running machines, but it's the the entrepreneurs who are going to be the change that the world needs to see. But why do you think like it's, and I've had conversations with other women about this, and I was talking with a friend of mine about this too, is, and you mentioned it, burnout is a big part of why, but it almost seems like there's like... I'm curious why this seems to be happening in mass all of a sudden, like over the last, say, 10 to 15 years, because it hasn't just started happening because of COVID. It's been slowly building to what it is. And I know that burnout is part of it. As I said, I was talking with a friend and she was saying that she's in the women that she's speaking with and coaching. Women are leaving corporate in like a mass exodus because of burnout. But it's just there's. I'm curious why else this is happening. Like all of a sudden, it seems like there's this huge push with women. And I think it's amazing, but it's just, it seems like it's all of a sudden. And I'm just curious why else. The rise of the feminine, the rise of the feminine. You know, it's not just corporate, it's healthcare, it's teaching. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all of the- Healthcare is another huge one for burnout. Oh, big time. I have a friend who is- Um, one of my mastermind partners, she is um, a former nurse and is now teaching, you know, recovery, burnout recovery to nurses who have had to leave through self-care and self-love practices and yoga really to begin their journey back coming home to themselves. And I think why it's happening, Brad, is because we've got so far outside of ourselves that we are just in the do, do, do. And there's so much ingrained in teaching and, and that has taught us to disregard our body 
to disregard the signals, what it's trying to tell us. And I think, you know, what happens on the long term of recovering from burnout is you've got to come home to you. You've got to come home to your body. You've got to come home to your soul and begin to listen again, begin to be able to re-energize and come to that place of knowing what is best for you. And it may not be, you know, what is your path? What is your hell yes? And not what we've been taught as far as from the corporations, from the powers that be, you know, to disregard and, and disassociate what our own specific needs are. Very true. 100%. What do you think one of the most significant barriers to female leadership is and has been? I I think to me, the power comes in the feminine and we've been, you know, we think it's in the masculine. And I think that, you know, sometimes we're our own worst enemies because we have bought into that. And I think, you know, the push through and the continued breakdown happens when we're not fully integrating into the fullness of who we are. You know, we're not taking and embracing, you know, how powerful we are as a woman in our feminine attributes, like, you know, say for instance, we think we've got to go out and make it happen. And truly it's in when we can seduce. And I I use that word and particularly it's like, you know, we talk about the law of attraction and we talk about magnetism and truly when a woman who is in her power and can seduce the world to giving her what she wants is that law of attraction. It's come hither, bring it to me. It's And so when we can turn on, when we can be in our bodies and live in our turn on, and then we can bring it to us rather than going to try to make it happen. And Well, that's a very masculine thing, right? Make it right. happen. Hustle and do this hustle, and do that. that hustle culture. I, I hate that. I absolutely cannot stand that word. It's, I cringe it's just, when I see yeah. women who are live the boss life and live the hustle. <laughs> I'm a boss bitch. And, uh... and the boss bitch. And I'm like going, oh my gosh, you're going to hit burnout. It's coming. I know it. <laughs> and I'm like, stop educating other women, you know, to do that. I like a strong, yeah. bold, feminine who is unapologetic in what she's asking for. Because see, we also, you know, dumbed down, we, we got to where we were afraid to ask for anything because it might hurt somebody. We were people pleasers. We were trying to be the good girl. Hell no. It's like, I'm going to be Marianne and I want other women to be who they are and really step into this place of asking for what you want and knowing you're going to get it, not making it happen. It's funny, you know, I, I, I was having a conversation with another friend of mine earlier this week, and we were talking about how, you know, the pendulum was swung so far the other way with the patriarchy and all of that bullshit. And now she's saying she was having a conversation with some friends, men and women, and they were talking about how now the pendulum is starting to swing too far the other way. It's like, we've got to stop. Like, it's where she was saying it's they were talking about how women now are like we don't need men for anything we don't need the masculine we don't need and it's like why can't we just meet in the middle stop the divisiveness stop the bullshit masculine over feminine feminine over masculine how about we just unite and come together as human beings and that's how we accomplish shit that's how we get shit done that's how we do things for sure and do you do you see it swinging too far the other way I'm going to say that we don't know what it is to be a man or a woman. And we don't know what it is to truly be integrated with both our masculine and feminine. I think there is the rise of the feminine. And that's where I went on this journey back five years ago of trying to make, you know, try to have men become more feminine. And that's where I'm going. That is not my practice at all anymore. It is just sparking it. 
whether or not it's sparking it in a woman or a man. But I think when we try to make something the way, like, oh, the feminine's rising, so we all have to jump on board and make the masculine wrong, and then we're making men wrong, men and women, the gender is completely different than the masculine and feminine energy. It's completely different. So when we start playing with it within ourselves. And we start looking and be in the inquiry of, am I being or am I overdoing, you know? And then how could I replenish my own energy? And I think the pendulum will swing back when we can fully integrate both. When we don't make one or the other, when we say we need both. Yes, for sure. And we do. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. There's no disputing that. And again, as as we said earlier, we all have both within us. Yeah, because if we all just stopped and we're being right now, if we all just yeah. stopped and sat on the curb, that's not going to get us anywhere. No, and of course. We still got to get shit done. And that's right. <laughs> sometimes we're running around chasing our tails with our head cut yeah. off and we just keep in a loop. Whereas if we sat down for a little bit and got our energy in a different place and asked a few questions, then we the action that we took could get us actually to where we wanted to go. Well, in my humble opinion, I think that asking questions and conversation, they are the catalyst for change. And that's what we need to do more of. We need to start having more of those conversations. Talk about the difficult things. Talk about the things that people don't want to talk about. Let's get that out in the open. Let's do that because that's where people start to hopefully open their minds, open their hearts and start to see, hey, wait a minute, maybe we can go at this or look at this differently because this person had an idea over here and that makes a lot of sense as opposed to my idea or it's all about going into it with an open mind and an open heart and actually as you mentioned previously fucking listening how about we start listening to each other instead of trying to push our own agendas our own ideas on everybody and just sit back and listen yeah because i can learn so much i am a lifelong learner and my kids are my greatest teachers And when I can, you know, know that I do not know, (laughs) then I can be open to, you know, learning something new or, you know, embracing something that wasn't there before. Because I heard this the other day, that knowing is the antithesis that keeps you from learning. Like you cannot be in the space of knowing all the answers and knowing and then be open to something new happening. Because if you're in the all-knowing, you're done. It's just, you're closed off. Yeah, you're not going to be open to learning. You cannot learn. You can't. You just cannot. And that makes total sense. You have to be open to listening and learning. We are forever students. You can never know everything. You just can't. And we're not going to get there. We're never arriving. No. It's just this lifelong exploration. And I call it life is my playground. And it's just okay. There you go. What's uh, (laughs) up? I love it. I love it. Marianne, you being such a big women's empowerment advocate, what do you do to empower yourself? You're busy empowering so many other people and women. What do you do to empower yourself? Well, we just kind of touched on a couple of those things is, you know, being a lifelong learner, knowing that I don't have all the answers, being open and willing to increase my capacity for more, because there's a huge one that I work with my clients on is you've got to be open and willing first and foremost. And then you've got to know that you've got to dump and get rid of some things so that you can have the capacity for more. So I'm always looking at, you know, where am I, what beliefs, barriers and bullshit can I let go of that are kind of holding me where I am? And then I think it's, you know, this past couple of years has really been 
diving into more of my own sexuality and expression and learning about myself. And then I really, I empower myself by just really wanting that thirst and that quenching of what is calling me. And when I feel that, those impulses, it's like, I can't wait to experience it. So I just keep following my inner guidance, my inner voice, and make sure that I take time to play. And That's an I important make, one. Yeah. And I make sure that pleasure is a priority for me. We haven't really Love touched it. on that part of mine, but it, I guess we maybe will later. But yeah, pleasure is a huge priority for oh, me. Oh, go for it. Let's, we're, you're talking about it. Let's go. Well, you might as well continue on the path. I think we've been, you know, kind of conditioned that pleasure and play are wrong, you know, from the time we were taught that, you know, stop playing, get serious, you know, play is... Yes, stop acting like a kid, all of those things, yeah. Quit screaming like a girl, all the... Yeah, yeah. My son-in-law say that to my my grandson the other day, and I'm like, what makes his screaming sound like a girl? Well, it's high-pitched and everything. I said, (laughs) okay, well, it sounds like it's coming out of a guy, so how is it a girl? (laughs) So play is just something we should do until we're dead. It's how we learn, how we connect with one another, and then, Brad, pleasure Pleasure's been this one with the rise of the feminine. I say pleasure and play are the feminine way. Right. And those are two of my main things is making sure I'm playing, making sure that life is my playground, and also putting my own pleasure as a priority. What is it that makes me feel good? What makes me enjoy life? We've been conditioned for so long. As we start adulting, it's like, well, stop acting like a kid. Stop behaving like a child. Well, what the fuck's wrong with that? Why shouldn't we do that every once in a while? There's nothing wrong with it. You know, like I think of, I was talking with someone about this with art and she was saying how, so she teaches art to adults and to kids. And she says, it's funny when you, when I'm teaching, when I'm teaching adults and when I'm teaching kids, the huge differences, kids will just go at it full force. They'll have fun with it. They'll do whatever comes to them. Whereas adults will spend so much time and focus worrying about, well, this doesn't look right. Or can I really do it this way? Or, you know, like they, they, they think about it far too much. The Yes. Yes. And all of these things tie into that. Yes. For sure. Because right. we've been conditioned, right, wrong, good, yeah. bad. I had one person one time, one woman when I was, because my enchantment part of my program is a, a day-long workshop where we're getting into that. We're getting into allowing ourselves to play and create. And I give them a time. We do a meditation and stuff and a, a breath work and open. And then we go around and we intuitively gather objects in our immediate surroundings, house, office, wherever they are. And then we bring them together and we're going to create something from that, from the place of intuition. We don't know what's going to come out. We don't know what's going to be created. But when we can allow ourselves to be in the moment, it intuitively happens. And so it's an experience of surrendering, setting all those things aside. Like we did, like you said, as kids, we just got at it. But I had this one woman who gathered up some paints and we were going to do finger painting And she couldn't get her hands dirty. And it was like (laughs) a whole coaching process of, you know, just put one finger in there and just move it around a little bit, you know? And then it got to be free. It got to be full sense of freedom. And that's what I encourage my clients as we move through these things and their sexuality and play and pleasure is that you get to this place of (sighs) freedom where you can not be conditioned and to live from those voices, but you can fully feel in the moment and do what you feel like doing. We all need to get back to a little more play, fun and pleasure in our lives. It's we did it as kids. I mean, just fucking let's do it. Do what makes your heart sing. Do what makes you, you smile. What makes you laugh. Do what makes your soul sing. Yeah. Do more of that. 
you got to decondition all of that stuff. Which is a lot of work. From that, nah, I'm not buying that. I'm not going there. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to say it's a lot of work because I can take, I do, you know, one full day VIP day with me where we go play. And then also I'll do a three day where we go on a cruise and it's go on a cruise with the muse and it all happens. (laughs) I love it. Isn't it great? And it is. That's awesome. It all happens because we are out of the norm. You got to get yeah. out of your normal like rut. Yeah. And when you're in that normal rut, yeah, it's going to be hard because you're in your comfort zone and you're in your, you're also in the inertia of your shit, you know? And yeah. it's like, so that's why people go on a vacation is they spend all this time and then they get on their vacation, but Unless you have somebody to really have you, you'll go back to checking your messages. You'll you'll get the internet on the vacation and you'll be yeah. doing the same things. But yeah. when I take my clients on a, the cruise with the Muse, it's like there's no phones, there's no checking internet, and we're going to play. We're waking <sighs> up and we are just for the pure enjoyment of being in the moment. And it may be we're sitting out on the deck looking out at the horizon and we're just taking one crayon and a thing and we're just doodling for a little bit. But yeah. through this experience, Brad, I've found that what happens is a major shift happens and they tap back in because I'm bringing that feminine to them that they now are able to embrace that rebirth, that sense of what they were longing for, that yeah. they wanted to feel it. You know, they know it's there. They just don't know how it's to lying, do yeah, it. It's lying dormant in them. Right. And they don't know how to do because I can remember when somebody told me, you know, just be. And I'm like, well, how, yeah. how do I do it? How do I do it? Yeah. And it was <laughs> that word do the doing. Right. Yeah. So the cruise with the muse, we just take and we go and it's that full freedom to be and with no expectations. So it doesn't have to be hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. going to say it does Makes not sense. have to be Makes sense. <laughs> There's ways to make it so, very easy. Yes. So all this speak and talk of empowerment, what does that word mean to you? Ah, yeah. I think that for me, it's more of a word. I pair it with sovereignty. It's coming home to you and being the fullest expression of you that you can be. And I think I can't do it for anybody, but what I can do is just emulate it. I can show yeah. them by being it. There's that being again. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What is, Marianne, one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things, Brad, is to own and to be my uniqueness and to be own my sensuality and sexuality and that pleasure is not a bad thing, that it's a good thing. And there's just been this sense of, damn, you know, why did it take me so long to get here? And it was right there all along. And I just let outside things steer me away from it and make me feel like it was bad and wrong. And when I fully embraced all of who Marianne is and what I'm here to bring to the world and the full, you know, essence of the pleasure and play and the sexuality, it's like I could not ever think of stuffing myself back into that bottle and putting the cork back on. I feel like the world is a better place for having Marianne be all of me. And so- You know, I pop that cork and <laughs> let her rip. Let's have, yeah. you know, let's have more fun. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it or you can't unring that bell. No. Mm-hmm. Once it's been rung. I love that. I love yeah. it, Marianne. The world needs you and your gift and your light that you're putting out into the world. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. Let's jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be like two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. okay? Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Love. What never fails to make you laugh? Hmm. 
Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> a great joke. A great right. joke. What is your favorite self-care practice? Pleasure. Because I feel like I'm loving myself and loving the yeah. world when I'm in my pleasure zone. Whatever, you know, from all the way from, you know, self pleasure in sexuality to just smelling a rose. Who would you like to be stranded on a desert island with? Hmm. Wow. I would say I have not met that person yet. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Make pleasure a priority. And if play. you could be remembered, uh, there you go. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Be true to who you are. Be true. To, uh, Marianne was true to who she is. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> What's something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the last year? Hmm. Yeah, that I still am working on this people pleasing a little bit. I've got a little okay. bit more to go. And I thought that I'd kind of moved away from it, but I think there's a little bit more of that there. And yeah, I'd say that's okay. it. What would you say is the biggest thing you did or are doing that has helped you achieve the freedom to do the things you enjoy? Just listen to my inner voice and do it anyway. You know, if I get that impulse and, you know, all those voices come in to say, well, you shouldn't or you can't, it's like, you know, suspend those and ask the question, well, how could I? Yeah. And take leaps, take risks. Another one of those childlike play things are is we forgot that, you know, to be adventurous and to take leaps and travel has helped me also because it's seeing the world anew. It stops that seeing life in the same way all the time. It just really sparks that newness within getting back to the child and play kids are fearless uh, and we lose that as we adult well we, we become right? like scared we become like what is the fear and that's because of conditioning yes uh -huh. but you know 100%. i love my adrenaline junkie friends that just you know, <laughs> dive off bridges and stuff and i'm like going, mm, i'm not quite there but you know i'll do it over here <laughs> that's not, around yeah, exactly. you know that's things not <laughs> that I, I'm not really a dive off a bridge person, but I yeah. will, you know, when I was out in Colorado and went out there, it was summertime and I wanted to go, you know, sunbathing and stuff. So I looked up and found a nudist resort in the middle of the mountains and went to, you know, the nudist resort by myself. And it's like pushing the edges and pushing my edges yep. and doing things that seem a little bit uh, uncomfortable. Is what I, you know, always encourage people to do is go up to that edge and go ahead and leap because what yeah. you want is on the other side of that. In the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? <laughs> what I just described, doing it, you know, okay. going up to my edge and finding it and, you know, finding those things that um, will, where I can experience something new. You know, I always want to experience something new. So like when I was out in Colorado, it's like, okay, well, I want to go to a show or something, but I don't want to just go down to just an ordinary. So I went to a burlesque show. I've never experienced something like that. And it doesn't always have to be around sex or, you know, nudity or whatever, but it's like, yeah, those were my edges. And so, yeah. You know, I've gone and traveled by myself. I just like to go past what I know now. And then yeah. that always, you know, taking, they say, you know, go outside of the box or, you know, whatever it is. It truly is when you find that edge and you can go beyond it, that's where you're expanding. And consciousness always wants to expand. And so yeah. when you keep keeping yourself safe, that's where the angst and the anxiety and stuff comes from within because it's like it's wanting to increase. It's wanting you to increase your capacity. That's growth. That's consciousness. It's always evolving. So you might as well join into your own evolution. 
because you'll get it one way or another. You might just not want to get the <laughs> board hit upside your head. Yes, the two by four on the back of yeah. the head. Yeah. <laughs> Marianne, if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? I think that one woman that I really um, admire and she's no longer here would be my great grandmother. Mm -hmm. She was love. She, she was very cutting edge. You know, she took a lot of risks and did a lot of things. Like she moved, was a one room school teacher back in the 1800s when it was, you know, not that, you know, common. And she was just love personified and very creative. I just would like to sit down with her and, learn more about her heart and how she could love the world so much. That is beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Live full fucking out. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, get rid of all the stops. Don't hurt anybody. As long as you're not hurting anybody, causing somebody physical harm, like, you know, you may cause somebody emotional pain, but you know, that's because they may not be on board with what you're doing, but by all means, live your dreams, go for it. Don't hold back. Try anything, try something twice, not just once, you know, and live life as your playground. Be as adventurous as you can be. It's yours to choose. Do you want to sit back and just exist or do you want to truly live? Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your tribe, your people, your corner of the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Yeah, it's a lot of what I've imparted here. <laughs> I don't know that it's much different in that life and my life is all in how I want to live. And so is yours. Don't listen to others outside of yourself. Follow your heart, your dream. And pleasure is how you should be following what is uniquely your pleasure, not what you've been taught, not what you've, you know, stopped yourself from experiencing because you thought it was bad, it was wrong. Truly find. And pleasure is very complex and start studying pleasure. Start studying. There's physical pleasures. There's mental pleasures. There's spiritual pleasures. It's a very complex topic and dive into it. Understand it. Understand where you're holding yourself back and truly be the most unique expression and bold expression of yourself and let her rip. Go for it. Go for your dreams. <laughs> Love it. Marianne, thank you so much for being here today with me. I have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You are a bright, beautiful light shining so brightly out into the world. So thank you for doing all that you do and for shining your bright, beautiful light. And I'm so honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. You're a beautiful soul. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. And just so you know, it's 11-11. So there we go. The clock <laughs> and it was 11-11 as we're winding down. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for all you are doing in the world and bringing all of these wonderful speakers. And, you know, it says a lot about who you are as a human being that you feel so passionately to lift up women. And I just... I'm so honored to be a part of your world and your mission. And thank you for allowing me to bring my voice to the community. It is my pleasure and my honor. And thank you for wanting to be part of this community and for for being part of it. It's It's because of women like yourself. I mean, this platform wouldn't exist without women like you and all the other women who are part of the community who support my mission, who have been guests on the podcast and all of the things. Without you, there is no Empowerography. So thank you for being part of it. I appreciate you. Namaste, Brad. Namaste. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Marianne St. Clair. She is the world premier muse, a highly sought after mentor and master life coach, a published author, 
an international speaker and a leader. Thank you so much, Marianne. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Friday and a great weekend. Uh, you too, Brad. Look forward to speaking to you another time and everybody. Make sure you have lots of pleasure and play and make pleasure your priority. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, Marianne. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.